Alrighty, welcome back to another episode of Words of Wellness. I am Dr. Wells, and today I am excited to be able to talk about mental health, not just in the realm of how we have in the past, but we have a special guest today, Cameron Knox. Uh, he is 31 years old, and he is the healthcare coordinator with Watch Institute. Say hello to everyone, Cameron. Hey, 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 hello, everyone. <laughs> I hope y'all are doing well. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to discuss uh, mental health. Mental health awareness um, is very important to me. Yeah, so today um, we are looking at not just one particular set of people with mental health, but in a cultural aspect, we're going to look at some how trauma, not just a personal trauma, but with racial trauma, how uh, stigmas are still there with mental health, especially in the results of miseducation. What are some reasons why many people do not receive mental health? You'll be surprised at how many people really know about mental health, and you yourself may just look at yourself as well as well saying, I'm good. <laughs> um, I was taught an acronym, EGO, and that many men really use a lot, which means that everything is going okay. And that's what we do. We use that acronym a lot. How are you doing? I'm okay. Really? You are okay. So what is your okay is the issue. Now, if you talk with some random Joe off the street, that's one thing. But when you have a clinical aspect and someone that's really wanting to know what's going on with you, you're not doing okay. And if you are, I want to know how. How are you doing okay for those that have, may have traumatically lost two kids and the parents are not supposed to bury their kids? Mm -hmm. And you're back at work in two weeks, but you're okay? Yeah. You just witnessed uh, yourself getting a police injustice, um, your wife getting mistreated, or you yourself at your job, you having to put up with all this chaos and confusion that may be going on in your home, and the only way you are okay is by knowing what um, Crown Royal said, <laughs> and at the bottom of that bottle, or having to go see Mr. Weed, um, and smoke your problems away, that does not mean you're okay because you're coping with it unhealthy. Mm -hmm. So we want to talk a little bit more about this. And so with that, uh, Cameron, can you tell us about what led you to your your passion for mental health? Uh, what led me towards my passion for mental health was, was all of the um, struggles and the trauma that happened during COVID-19. Um, the, uh, the, the assassination of George Floyd and just that isolation, um, and what resources are out there to support, um, our mental health during tough times as we witnessed in thousands and thousands and millions of people dying due to COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, it led me to how can we better, how can we better ourselves and, and, and improve on dealing with our mental health, uh, especially returning back to work. And adjust to the new normal. Okay. Gotcha. So, um, those, you brought up some highlights <laughs> um, that I am glad to see that the world itself um, was able to, in a way, 
get some mental health relief mm-hmm. um, from um, a couple of years ago with George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Um, get some mental health relief from COVID. Yes, 100%. Um, with all of the theories and all of the unnecessary stuff yeah. that we are finding out now that has gone on, but people being trapped in homes, mm-hmm. um, those that their home is not a safe place, where mm-hmm. there's PTSD, where there's abuse going on, mm-hmm. all those things seem to overwhelm mm-hmm. the majority of people. Those that are still going in 2023 that had to deal with that, Many people just survived. Mm-hmm. There was very few people thriving yeah, um, throughout those last couple of years. And so today, um, how are you bringing awareness to mental health? And what brought you to an awareness part? Um, a little bit is, for one, being a... Uh, being an observer of the world that we lived in, the world that we live in, being an observer of people with different walks of life, mm-hmm. but also my own personal experiences and also trying out going to therapy during COVID. Mm-hmm. And my own, so from a personal perspective, um, understanding that these are things that people need uh, to be mentally stable so mm-hmm. they can be physically and be present with their family. Um, and just to be their very best. Yeah. So I felt like um, this research that I did is just to bring awareness, but also the importance of having health insurance mm-hmm. and having um, a, a situation or a plan in place to kind of keep yourself uh, being your best. So um, one thing, and you're right, audience, I know you're already thinking it. I did not forget. So one thing that I always start with with any client or anyone um and this even in this podcast is just how are you doing um with seeing and our seeing is an acronym for sleep um eating and exercising so <laughs> if you guys can see the look <laughs> he just gave me you know we had to get him yeah um so how often are you sleeping so that's a really great question. Don't want to dive too personal into my personal no, health data. No, need all that. But um, <laughs> I do struggle with sleep apnea. Okay, it's hereditary in my family. Mm. So I think that was one of the the things that definitely impacted my mental health and okay. what I could do daily because I'm still feeling like yesterday. <laughs> um, so my sleep has definitely improved. Okay, um, as far as my eating. I try to have at least green veg a green vegetable on my plate. Okay. I love carbs. I love protein. Uh, yeah. But I definitely need to. Uh, I definitely have a green vegetable or something that grows from the ground that's not a starch on my plate. <laughs> so, so when you are eating, do you are you eating to maintain? Are you eating to um, to survive or to uh, let lose weight? Are you eating? Uh, do you have any purpose for your eating? Uh, my purpose for my eating is to survive. <laughs> like, just Perfect. to eat and enjoy. Um, and I'm also learning how to cook different dishes. Okay. So, for me, it's an educational yeah. opportunity to figure out what my culinary art yeah. skills could pull out. The the eating part that we do, uh, it depends on, obviously, individual case by case. Um, but we just want to make sure that people are eating. 
Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's just a one meal a day, um, it's so much of your mood is related to your eating. And when people are find themselves being moody or in a bad mood majority of their day, then we say, okay, let's get a little fruit in there. Mm-hmm. And then, and I say fruit just because it's something that you can grab and go. Mm-hmm. And it also has benefits to it as well. Yeah. Um, you see here, I just finished some strawberries all yeah. along as well. And so just you never know what your day holds. And so if I'm going to have a sucker, which I, like I did, I'm already good. I'm making sure there's balance. Balance, yeah. Um, within there as well. Um, and do you exercise any? Yes. So I have a membership at the Y. I try to use it as much as I can. Okay. Um, yesterday I just did a spin class. Oh, I, I love burned six hundred calories. Yeah. Met my goal for the day. Um, I'm a previous college athlete. Okay. I was exercise physiologist. Yeah. So I've been in the gym yeah. for majority of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I've kind of plateaued to a point to where I've done so much that nothing really yeah. get those endorphins off. Okay. Um, but I'm definitely looking into recreational sports next this fall. Yeah. And just being active socially. Yeah. Uh, building that camaraderie uh, and competing. So. Okay. And before we keep going as well, tell us a little bit about the Watch Institute. Uh, so the Watch Institute uh, stands for Wellness and Health and Community Outreach. So we do a lot of... Uh, community health programming. Uh, we had an event in June, our men's health event, and we just recently uh, wrapped up our Back to School Bash in partnership with Heart to Heart, mm-hmm. um, where we donated book bags, over 2,000 book bags to the Rock Hill, York County uh, uh, community. Okay. Um, we held it at Clinton College for the first time, so it was a really great opportunity for Clinton College to be uh, put in the spotlight with all the new prospective yeah. students who could see the campus and the different programs that have going on at Clinton. Um, so it was, we have, we just do a lot of community outreach. We're working on a community health fair this fall with uh, York County Library. And we'll be working, uh, we'll be at plenty of different health fairs, you know, promoting our event and providing resources to the community. Okay. Gotcha. Sounds good. All right. Well, let's go in and dive into um, this topic for the day. Yes. And I'll let you get us started with all of that. All right. So... I would like to first give a huge shout out to my professor. Uh, with this uh, research that I did, um, Dr. Manik Ahuja uh, led the uh, research, uh, provided the data, and we collaborated with presenting this data and these findings. Um, I was really passionate about uh, the mental health statuses and resources for African Americans in Appalachia. Um, and that's where I currently was. I'm a recent graduate of ETSU, East Kansas State University. So we're like at the tip of uh, the Appalachian uh, Trail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, it was. Just, it, I wanted to know what resources are out there for them and provide a platform uh, or an opportunity for you know their needs to be addressed. So I just I wanted to do this um, research abstract. Um, the title of this re- research abstract is Association between Healthcare Income, Mental Health amongst African-Americans uh, in the southern region. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to just kind of quickly breeze over to the abstract. Um, blacks in Appalachia region suffer great, greatly from untreated mental health. This is largely due to stigmas towards mental health services 
and policies will need to be focused on addressing uh, the inequities of mental health. Okay. Um, the background, um, black people in the U.S., particularly in the southern regions, are burdened with a lack of access to care, which contribute to mental health problems. The process of the study is to explore the association between health care and mental health, mm-hmm. mental health and unmental health days um, in the southern region. Um, we used a cross-sectional data from 2019 behavioral risk mm-hmm. uh, uh, factors surveillance data and a national, nationally representative U.S. telephone-based survey. So this is a telephone-based survey. They had adults from the age 18 and older. Okay. Uh, and it was geared towards uh, people who are not Hispanic, but identified as black. And the number of people who were involved were 720 participants. Okay. We looked at several different demographics. We looked at uh, drug usage. We looked at um, economic states, economic state or status, mm-hmm. insurance status, and again the number of unhealthy mental health days. Okay. Um, the results are eighteen point six eighteen point six participants reported ten or more unhealthy. Let me take that back. Eighteen point six participants participants reported ten or more. Mentally unhealthy days. 13.8% did not have health insurance. 15.5% reported not being able to see a doctor due to cost. And then there was a 1.7% of the population did not have uh, insurance. And 2.1% of people could not go get mental health service because they could not afford it. Um... And then we, our findings reveal that the lack of uh, access to health care may contribute to one's mental health, particularly among black people. Uh, this research has potentially the ability to influence policy implications on access to mental health and continuous public health dilemma. Um, so during this time, uh, the public health community realized that racism was the majority number one public health dilemma hmm. due to marginalization, due to... Um, racism, uh, segregation, and then just this idea of classism. Just okay. this, you have to be a certain, you have to have a certain economic status, you have to know these certain people, like you mm-hmm. have to fit into our box, and a lot of that information, a lot of those resources were dispersed equally. Okay. Um, and there was, again, a marginalization of who could get it mm-hmm. uh, and get those resources. Um, here. So with that, do you see any of that over on our side of town? One hundred percent. I definitely see. I know that was in Appalachia, but yeah. But even over here in North and South Carolina. North South Carolina, um, in the city and outside the city. Okay. It's the same. It's the same issues, and it was. It was revealing to, not revealing, but it was sadly confirmed our yeah. findings. Yeah. Regardless if this Appalachia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Charlotte, mm-hmm. Asheville, wherever, wherever you are, mm-hmm. it's the same population that is lacking in those resources. Okay. And again, like I wanted to do this research to confirm my, my, inkling, my inklings, my thoughts, my opinions. And sadly, it, it does that, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Okay. 
Okay, yeah, the I didn't want anyone to just think, and those that are listening, especially with that age range, that 18 and over, understanding that there are many different re- reasons slash excuses that we have for not getting in and checking in on our mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, 15% did not go to receive mental health services um, I believe you said that was just because of transportation or due to cost. So due, due to, to cost, cost, but due to cost can fall under transportation, not even having the money to do it, not knowing the resources to get there. Yes, and it's not just the fee mm-hmm. of um, mental health services because yes, many places do accept insurance. Uh, you know, Hope Wells is a private uh, pay um, with that. But many insurances still have rates are so high mm-hmm. on mental health that you still have to have a copay mm-hmm. um, with all of that. Yeah. And then when it comes to insurance as well, that's a touchy subject for some, not all, but when it comes down to cost, because if you um, are going to get a service, I'll just ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I have noticed as well, specifically, and it's not even just among blacks, but it's also among others mm-hmm. um, as well, men and women. But if you're going to get a service, and if you know that somebody else is going to pay for it, then your passion behind getting it is not going to be as much as if you are having to invest Mm-hmm. into your mental health. Yes. When those that are having to rely on insurance for their mental health, I've seen, and others in this field as well, we talk about it, just how missed appointments are mm-hmm. that go on. People say, yes, I have a counselor, but I stopped seeing them. Mm-hmm. Versus someone who pays they are continuously up to date with mm-hmm. it because if you pay for something, you yeah. want to get it, yeah. something out of it yeah. as well. And so there are many, there are reasons in the reasons yeah. um, for people not receiving the mental health services that they need. And I've noticed it amongst, um, just I don't know if your research showed this, but even in my field here, I get a lot of females that say their husbands want someone to talk to that looks like them. Yeah, you're exactly right. And um, especially during COVID, I began to realize that there is a high need for people of color or people of representation on that other end when it comes to mental health services. Mm -hmm. And the importance of this to have someone that they feel comfortable and safe around Mm -hmm. to be their authentic selves. Yeah. Um, that's definitely a huge and high need. Um, and just from what I've seen and what I've experienced in life, a lot of people, their mental health person isn't specialized in mental health. They yeah. cut their hair. You know? You they, mean the local barber is the not... Local, yeah. <laughs> women, we're not paying per hour. <laughs> Group therapy yeah. is not part of it. Yeah. That doesn't really help? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but... Those are really great resources to start. Yeah. And I think it's also an opportunity for people in those roles to 
provide those resources. Yeah. Especially if they know their client, especially if they have that relationship with their family. Mm-hmm. How can they better serve their population? You're right. Um, we we have one here as well about the miseducation yes. part of it. Um, speak to us about the miseducation. Um, so I will go into the miseducation as regarding uh, just the stigmas behind mental health and what mental health looks like. Okay. A lot of times is, oh, you pay some guy to tell how you feel about something and they help you solve it. And that's not always the case. Um, when it comes to mental health and going to a mental health uh, provider, um, they're giving you research-based resources and techniques to help you safely address these issues that that you're dealing with. And then they're there professionally to help guide you to the best part. Mm. It's unbiased, and again, it's providing you a safe space to handle your problems. Um, and then a lot of miseducation regarding like, you know, the insurance and insurance policies and how we can be more, again, in- inclusive. Mm-hmm. You know, for those who can't afford healthcare and who are on a medic- Medicaid, Medicare program, mm-hmm. looking to see what they can cover, cover mm-hmm. what they can do for you if you don't have those resources to pay out of pocket. So, um, again, it's, you know, taking that initiative to educate yourself, but also, you know, Putting pressure on the insurance companies. What are y'all providing for me? Giving them a call mm-hmm. um, and seeing how they can better serve you. Um, so yeah, that miseducation piece is is a kind of like a tricky slope because there was a lot of miseducation also during COVID and okay. what was going on then there. So it's like trusting science and who and trusting your sources. So okay, it's, it's, it's yeah, it was a very big open ended uh, topic point for miseducation. Okay. And I think with the misunderstanding as part of the miseducation as well yeah. um, is understanding that that our education on mental health it always depends on the teacher. 100%. Yeah. Who's informing you about mental health? Is it Big Mama? Mm-hmm. Is it the barber? <laughs> Or is it the bar? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's telling you where your problems are and what's going on with everything. Because if it's about money, mm-hmm. but you're using the bar and yeah. alcohol, how many shots are you taking to yeah. where you can save that up? <laughs> yeah, and take care of your mental health the right way. Yes, um, within yes. all of that, who's telling you how to go about getting services? Mm-hmm. Because we as a people are limited by resources. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, our resources are our greatest strength. Mm-hmm. And so if you only know what you know, and if you're your only resource, then you have an issue Yeah, yeah. Um, within all of that. And so trying to understand if you're on a, and I'm thinking, whether you are at the pinnacle of your career, just getting started, whether you're making twenty thousand a year or if you're making two uh, seven figures, mm-hmm. whatever that is, when it comes to understanding and getting the proper education of your mental health, mm-hmm. you just because you can't afford to go to the most expensive therapist 
or counselor does not mean you're getting the right education. Mm -hmm. I have seen clients that are going other places and just friends as well mm -hmm. that they are not challenged mm -hmm. by their counselor or therapist. Mm -hmm. They go in, they have a venting session mm -hmm. and walk out feeling better. Mm -hmm. And they are paying money for these services. And it's like there's no checklist. Like you don't have a standard yeah. for this. Just because you can afford it, you're not looking for the right things. Yeah. If you go into a service and you've been going there for three months, four months, consecutively, yeah. week after week after week, and you are still the same. Your issue may have changed, but you're still the same. You're not getting the proper treatment, education, yes, as you should um, yes. within all of that. I just wanted to speak um, to that. Yeah. Um, when you talked about the, you mentioned the access to health care. Mm -hmm. um, are there limitations to that? Yes. Not many people know what they're eligible for okay. regarding health care. I don't always know all the resources yeah. under my healthcare plan and what they cover, what they can cover. Mm -hmm. So I think, again, it comes to us being more proactive about what's best for us and what's going to work for us, mm -hmm. what insurance plan works best for us. Again, if I recently saw, don't quote me on this, okay. that most Medicaid programs are covering mental health services. Mm -hmm. It may limit your appointments yeah. or where you can get assigned to. Yes. But there are options there. Yeah. You um you hit a button. <laughs> yes. Yes. Common people will hear out of network mm -hmm. um, where they having to go. But you also have people who are able to write an invoice and then give it to your insurance company. Mm-hmm. Um, with access to healthcare, I would advise people to research every opportunity that their insurance provides. Mm -hmm. If you are guaranteed individual care, uh, marriage care, mm -hmm. um, in those fields, substance abuse, mm -hmm. um, within that, insurances will allow up to so much. Yes. And then it is a stronghold to try and get them somewhere else um, as well. And many times they may change up where you can go. Exactly. Yeah. If you've used one source, they may, for no reason, this is where there's no uh, relationship yeah. there because if you just have a client or if you were with your therapist and they're helping you, mm -hmm. even though insurance is paying for it, they don't care. No. Because now you have to start all over For with someone else. else. Yeah. And that takes the humane part out of all of that. Yeah. And so healthcare is a huge topic when it comes to mental health. Yeah. Um, and many people just got to know how to maneuver around that mm -hmm. with it. If you have to save up for a number one priority, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Find out what your men, what they are willing to do, and work with it. Mm -hmm. Getting something is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Um, uh, even on a consistent basis. Yes, I, I can't. Yeah, I can't stress that enough. And I think you brought up another great point 
when it comes to going to therapy and understanding the different therapy techniques or yeah. different methods on how a therapist yes. uh, condults with his uh, clients. Yep. Um, I would say for my experience going to therapy, um, a lot of my therapists would challenge the thoughts that are going on in my head. Mm-hmm. Versus it would be them challenging my thoughts versus the actual reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was cognitive... Behavioral therapy? Yes. CBT? Yes. yes. So it's a lot of challenge. And that those were some of the things that I was able to take away yeah. when it comes from going to therapy is they're challenging my thoughts in a healthy way. Yeah. And it's, the, you know, the giving me a detour to a more positive and yeah. Uh, productive way of thinking about things, um, but yeah, you make some really <laughs> you hit you hit it on the nail, man. I got you. Well, um, and just understanding all these other things as well, um, we want to hit this one and then we'll start wrapping up. But and just I did not want to overlook. Many times, people feel invalid because they don't talk about an issue of racial trauma mm-hmm. with it. And you brought up, I bring that up because you talked about George Floyd mm-hmm. um, a while ago, um, about two or three years ago yes. when that happened yeah. and just the relief as a nation to see that that yeah. injustice uh, was done right mm-hmm. um, with that. Um, but one perspective I received from that is seeing not just the black culture rejoice with that, but there were blacks, there were whites, there were Hispanics, mm-hmm. there were Arabs that I saw all over the, the America mm-hmm. happy mm-hmm. because that meant so much to people mm-hmm. to see that there was a change coming on um, with everything that we were dealing with. So when it comes to dealing with racial trauma, mm-hmm. um, what have you seen or what areas do you understand mental health with? Um, I would say that is, uh, that's a really great question. I, I would say dealing with mental health regarding racial trauma, it's definitely a growing process. And many people who came before us, you know, early ancestors, uh, slave rebellion, civil rights activists, mm-hmm. like we saw Martin Luther King get shot and killed. Yeah. We saw Malcolm X get killed. Uh, we saw, you know, even we have our own stories of our own family members experiencing mm-hmm. racial injustice. Um, after I graduated college and got out of that sheltered home of mine, I experienced, you know, racial injustice. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, uh, what is it called? Crap! It's when they project ideologies on you. Uh, um, they're like stereotyping me yeah. or typecast me for doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's all about how we process it. But don't want to sound too. Uh, it's a new term: toxic positive. Don't want to be too uh, toxic positive, but. Be optimistic, but also be aware that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And again, 
you may not have the money for a therapist, but having a brother or a sister or a close companion to just consult with and to open up with and share your experiences with is very important. Um, and I think that's kind of how, as a person of color, people of color, people of different creeds, race, and religions, having that community is important. And yeah. having another community that listens to you and cares about you is important. Um, so that's kind of where I leave that off it. Mm -hmm. Like, I still have conflicts. Yeah. My own personal, in my own personal livelihood, you know. And just seeing, you know, uh, redlined, you know, if you live in this zip code, your life expectancy is yeah. so much greater than others. Mm -hmm. So when I look in the zip code, everyone there doesn't look like me. No. I'm the only person of my race and my subdivision mm -hmm. neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So just every day is a race dilemma yeah. that I that I see and uh, and realize. So again it's, it's about having that community and again advocating using your voice, you know, whether it's in policy, mm -hmm. whether it's from a political space, whether it's from a city government space, mm -hmm. or even into you know, uh, uh, being out in the community and advocating for others. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of different avenues to um, address those, address that. Maybe I would just take this moment um, for everyone because it's very easy in a world that celebrates or promotes inclusion to feel or to neglect others mm -hmm. in your area. And so understanding that racial trauma traumatizes everyone. Mm -hmm. I don't care what social media promotes. I know there are two sides to the coin. Mm -hmm. And literally... People, especially Americans, we will swallow the pill instead of talking about the issue because we we feel as if we're going to be judged. Mm -hmm. Even if it's going to someone who looks just like you mm -hmm. um, within that. But let me tell you, um, one of the... One book that I read, um, it basically tell, is a slap in the face every time I read it, but it's the book of James out of the Bible that tells us there is no temptation that has taken you that is not common to man. All of us are going to deal with certain things. And I don't care what you're dealing with. There is an answer to that. And he spoke of toxic positivity and for those that don't know, that's the pressure to only display positive emotions. Suppressing any negative emotions, feelings, reactions, or experiences that you have within all of that. So, in other words, you're fake. Yeah, I would definitely say so. You're fake. Every time you say something, I'm blessed and highly favored. No, you ain't. No. <laughs> Every time something happens, you got something to come back with. Um, and it's not you being yourself and so one thing that we always promote is just be real mm -hmm. 
who you are is who you are. And I will, I thank you for your time. It's, um, it's been a pleasure to be here. It is. Thank you for your insight mm -hmm. um, as well with that paper. I hope you got an A off of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gave me an A in the class, guys. <laughs> guys, guys. Um, it, it is great to hear different perspectives, um, especially in this area of North Carolina, but at the same time, getting it from other states, for people who, you'd be surprised how many people have never traveled out of their own state. Yeah. And they think that, oh, I, it's, that's here, so it's going to be somewhere else. But that's not it. Mm -hmm. the, your coast may have some similarities, Yeah. but you growing up in South Carolina, you go live in San Diego, California, you see how long you last without coming back crying Yeah. because you don't know what's going on with it. But it's, thank you for your insight and your time. And before we leave, you know, you guys, we always pray over those that we are um, talking about or the topic it is. So, God, I thank you for this moment and this time to talk about some areas in our lives that we cannot suppress and that, that need to be talked about when it comes to racial trauma, education, miseducation, social injustices. Uh, stigmas and even healthcare. God, I pray that you provide resources to those that never even knew they had them. I pray that there's a walking Samaritan that just gives the right card to someone here. Lord, let your will be done in our lives and let us breathe better than we've ever breathed before. In Jesus' name we pray and believe. Thank you again for your time, uh, Cameron. And we will, then I think we've un started to bring some things up that yeah. the words of wellness will continue on in some time with it. But we will talk again soon. Everyone have a great day and we will see you next time.